You're listening to Bethany Radio. More content is available on iTunes or online at BethanyBibleLeroy.com. We're going to take a look at Acts 16. It's where we're going to go today. And we'll start in verse 9 and read through 34. And it's only a little after 11, so we got about an hour. We'll see if we use most of it or a little bit of it or... We'll just see how this goes this morning. So Acts 16, 9 through 34. And we're picking up midway into Paul's second journey here. Um, And they've been traveling a little bit already. And we'll pick up in verse 9 here. So a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing and appealing to him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. When he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So putting out to sea from from Troas, we ran a straight course to Samothrace and on the day following to Neapolis and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia, a Roman colony. And we were staying in the city for some days. And on the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate to a riverside where we were supposing that there would be a place of prayer. And we sat down and began speaking to the women who had assembled. A woman named Lydia from the city of Thyatira, a seller of purple fabrics, a worshiper of God, was listening. And the Lord opened her heart to respond to the things spoken by Paul. And when she and her household had been baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. It happened that as we were going to the place of prayer, a slave girl having a spirit of divination met us, who was bringing her masters much profit by fortune-telling. Following after Paul and us, she kept crying out, saying, These men are bondservants of the Most High God, who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation. She continued doing this for many days. But Paul was greatly annoyed, and turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out at that very moment. But when her masters saw that their hope of profit was gone, They seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. And when they had brought them to the chief magistrates, they said, These men are throwing our city into confusion, being Jews, and are proclaiming customs which it is not lawful for us to accept or to observe, being Romans. The crowd rose up together against them, and the chief magistrates tore their robes off them and proceeded to order them to be beaten with rods. When they had struck them with many blows, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to guard them securely. And he, having received such a command, threw them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. But about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there came a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison house were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were unfastened. 
When the jailer awoke and saw the prison doors opened, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried out with a loud voice, saying, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And he called for lights and rushed in, and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. And after he brought them out, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him together with all who were in his house. And he took them that very hour of the night and washed their wounds, and immediately he was baptized, he and all his household. And he brought them into the house and set food before them and rejoiced greatly, having believed in God with his whole household. So I read a lot there to get to kind of the question of, of what, what must we do. And I really wanted to we'll work through all of this leading up to that question. Won't spend a ton of time getting to it, maybe a little bit more if I ramble. Um, but just wanted to kind of see what was leading up to, to what happened in the jail there with the, with the jailer. Oop. There we go, perfect. So like I said, this it's I'm having a hard time seeing it here, so don't worry if you can't read it too well out there. But this is just a map of where Paul um, has been going on his various journeys. The purple is his second one, which we're, we're looking at right now. And so Paul's been, Paul and Silas, they've been traveling from Antioch up over to My, Mysia here. And they were staying in Troas. Our, our, um, they, yep, came down to Troas. It is where Paul had his vision about the man saying, hey, we need you to come over to Macedonia here. So Saul, or Paul and Silas, right away, they said, hey, this has to be the Lord's will. We need to go and we need to preach. So it took them a couple of days, but they were able to go from Troas Went down to uh, that Samanthro Ris. I'll find it here. I still won't pronounce it right, I know, but um, yeah, Samothrace. And then on to Neapolis. And eventually they get over to Philippi here, again within Macedonia, which is a part of Rome. And, you know, they understood kind of the customs going on. They knew that if they wanted to find people to talk to, they needed to go down to the place of prayer, which happened to be at the river source. So they spent a few days there, um, quite a while it sounds like, proclaiming the word of God to those that were listening. And as they were doing this, they had the, that slave girl that started to annoy Paul. You know, every day as he's going out, going down to the river, just kind of following behind, shouting out, um, you know, these are bond servants of the Most High God, proclaiming you the way of salvation, which obviously they were doing, good thing to be proclaiming, but apparently he could only take too long, you know, so long of, of her yelling in his ear while they were doing that. So he turns around and tells the girl, the spirit in the girl, come out in the name of Jesus Christ. And immediately the spirit comes out. Now the masters weren't real happy about this because all of a sudden they see their livelihood disappearing from them. This is how they were making money was, was through this girl and her, her divinations. 
So they grabbed Paul and Silas and they took them to the market right away, knowing that they were just upset with these people. They're upset with Paul and Silas. But notice when they bring them in front of the magistrates what their complaint was. It wasn't, we just lost our livelihood. Because they knew, most likely, that, okay, some people might feel kind of bad for them, but it wasn't going to get them the result that they wanted. So instead of saying, this, these guys messed up our business, they said, these men are throwing our, our city into confusion, being Jews, again, focusing on the, um, the nationality there, the, the Jew, and they are proclaiming customs, which is not lawful for us to accept or observe, being Romans. Again, they knew what was going to stir up and, and get the, the response that they wanted. So the crowd, as we can see in 22 here, rise up together against them. The chief magistrates tear off their robes, and they're proceeded to beat Paul and Silas until they throw them into prison. And so, you know, doing the Lord's work, they're following the Lord's call. All of a sudden, they find themselves being beaten and thrown into jail. And not just, all right, jailer, we want you guys to put them in a holding cell, watch them, you know. It's not like the Andy Griffith show where Otis can kind of just come and go as he wants, grab the key, put himself in, lock himself up, and, and go like that. No. They wanted uh, Paul and Silas secured. And, and the jailer understood, all right, they're, they're not messing around with this. So takes them into the inner jail and not only locks them up in there, but put their feet in stocks too. These guys aren't going anywhere. We're, jailer knew they meant business. He wasn't going to mess this up. So Paul and Silas, you know, they're covering from their wounds. Midnight that night, they're, they're worshiping their Lord still. They're, they're praying. They're worshiping. The jailer, as far as I can tell, he's sleeping right now. You know, he, he's not hearing what's going on. The other prisoners are. Um, but, but the jailer, he's, he's fast asleep. And then at midnight, while this is all going on, huge earthquake comes, rattles everything so that all the chains fall off, all the doors fly open. Everybody, if they want to run, they're able to run. The jailer hears this commotion, wakes up and runs in, and he sees the doors open. He's going, oh, no. I, I, was, I had one job. You got one job. Make sure that these people are secure and they're not going anywhere. Uh, if you mess that up, it's not good. So we see him in 27 then, seeing what's going on, pulls out the sword. Why delay the inevitable? I know what's coming in the morning since I failed at my job. And he's going to kill himself. But Paul cries out, don't harm yourself, for we're all here. So not only did nobody... You know, the, the main people that he was supposed to watch, Paul and Silas, everybody is still there. And the jailer, you know, he comes in right away and just goes, all right, you're all here, trembling with fear. Now, again, it's hard to say if this is fear out of what has the Lord done, that everything is open here, or fear out of man of I, I'm as good as done because I failed at this job. Um, and he falls down in front of Paul and Silas and just says, what must I do to be saved? And really, that's the crux of what I wanted to focus on. It took us a long time getting to that, but that was 
I, I wanted to make sure, again, as best as I can and as best as I could, have the context behind it. Um, and really looking at this question, this question I've, you know, you read it before and you kind of wonder, what is the motivation behind the question? What What is his fear that, that he was trembling about? Was it... Was it the the wrath of man that he was fearing? I'm going to die because I failed at my job. Man is going to, you know, end my life. Or was it the wrath of of God that right now I don't know him, I'm separated from him, and I need to get right with him? Um, you, you can argue probably either side of that question here of, of what was he really asking? What do I need to do to be saved? I kind of, I've been looking at it from the wrath of man standpoint. He was sleeping, he woke up, he knew what his job was before he even knew that everybody was still around. He was getting ready to to just end it all um, because he knew what was going to come in the morning from from the magistrates that were in charge of him. Um so when, when he asked Paul, what must I do to be saved, Paul saw the greater need. He knew that this was beyond just a, a physical wrath of man, a physical saving. It was an eternal saving that this guy needed. So he answers, you know, well, well it wasn't just, well, close the doors, lock us up, everything will be fine in the morning, don't worry about it. It was believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. And again, seeing the greater need, not just the jailer, but his household as well. So Paul and Silas had great care for the man and for his his family. And then they proceed to tell him, in verse 32, it says, they spoke the word of the Lord to the jailer and to his family. Um, now, we don't know how long that took. It could have been five minutes, ten minutes, an hour four hours long that, that they shared the word of the Lord to him. But really the question becomes, you know, what was it that they were sharing? What is it that we need to believe uh, when it comes to Jesus, when it comes to the Lord? You know, because again, it, it could be in 31 here, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. It's kind of vague. What are we to believe? You know, that Jesus... He was a man that lived on the earth for a while. He was a good teacher. Um, maybe he was a really good prophet. It seemed like he had a pretty good understanding um, of of the scriptures. You know, is that what we need to? Is that what they were saying? This is what you need to believe in, or, or does it go beyond that? And obviously, it goes beyond that. Um, we need to. Um, believe that Jesus is the Son of God. He was fully human, fully God. He lived on this earth, living a sinless, blameless life. And through that life, he was able to take our place as the the sacrifice on the cross. He he bore the um, the consequences of our sin, and, and you know satisfied what the Lord requires to take away the sins from people. Jesus bore that um, that sacrifice, that um, requirement on himself. Died on the cross, and story didn't end there. He rose again. 
he's alive. He is sitting on, on the throne, or on the right hand of God on the throne. And Jesus himself, you know, th- this is me trying to put it all together, obviously taking it from the, the snippets here. But in John fourteen six, um, Jesus replied to, to Thomas, you know, Thomas is wondering, well, how do we get there? You know, Jesus is going to prepare a place for them up in heaven. Thomas says, well, we don't know where you're going. How are we supposed to get there? And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Uh, again, this is what we're believing in as we look at 31. What is it that, that we have to believe? It's Jesus is the only way. It's not an all roads lead to God. It's not um, you know, a, a simple act that we can do of, um, you know, my parents were, were believers, so then I'm, I'm good. Or, yeah, when I was two years old, I was baptized, so I'm good. It's, it's putting our belief in Jesus. It, it's not, um, well, yeah, I think there's a God out there, and I think he loves me, so all roads will eventually get me up to heaven. It, it's specifically Jesus is our, our way to, to the Lord. Um, and then again in Romans 10, we can see, oops, I'm going to flip over to that one because that one's a little bit longer. Romans 10, 9 through 13. And if you guys want to turn there, I'll give you a, a couple minutes to get over to that one. And again, what is it that I'm believing? What is it that I'm, I'm doing? So Romans 10, 9 that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. Um, For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, For the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call on him. For whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. So that's, you know, going back to that question, what must I do to be saved? And what is it that we are believing? So they have this time of of, um, working through this with, with the jailer and his household and then the Lord's work, just like you know, we saw back in um, verse 14 here, when the, uh, the Lord opened Lydia's heart to respond to the things spoken by Paul to her, the jailer and his household have the, that same Lord opening their heart so that they can respond to him. Because we can see then in 33 that the jailer took them that very hour of the night and washed their wounds, and immediately he was baptized, he and all his household. So again, the baptism wasn't what saved him at that point. It was just that outward sign of, I am believing, and I am following the Lord, so that I know that I'm saved. Again, that's just that outward pouring. And we can see in 34 then, too, just another act out of that desire of of celebrating that that saving that they've had through Jesus now. 
uh, he brings them into his house. They set food before them and they rejoice greatly, having believed in God. And they're there having that fellowship with the whole household. So you can see just, again, they, they're so excited. They're so thankful. They just, they're rejoicing that, that salvation that they have out of that question of just, what must I do to be saved? And again, if it was really just a, how do I save my skin from what I think is going to be my punishment in the morning? So much greater of a need that was answered for him and just such a, an excited um, response to it. And after this, you know, who knows how much the jailer was sharing with those around him. You know, that, that's the next step. After we've been saved, it doesn't just stop there. Like Paul we can see he took three different journeys here, um, spreading the gospel and sharing the good news. We need to go and, and share that good news, too, of, you know, we're saved. How did that happen? What does that look like? What, what are we doing with it? And it, it becomes that, you know, just as we're thinking about all of this, that, that simple question then that we need to ask ourselves what must I do to be saved? Am I saved already? If I am, what's next? You know, where am I? Where am I taking this? Who am I sharing this great news with others? Um, if it's the first time you're asking that question of yourself, or maybe you've kind of thought about it before, but are, are really starting to to take it seriously, um, the the simple answer is Jesus. What we need to put our our lives, surrender our lives to Jesus. Um it's not gonna be, you know, again, I know I've I've said it before in previous time sharing, life isn't gonna be easy. All of our problems aren't solved from a a physical standpoint. When we believe in Jesus, life is going to be tough. We saw it just looking here with Paul and Silas. They were in the Lord's will. They were following what they were called to do, to go to Macedonia to share. And they're beaten and they're thrown in jail. You know, that, that's not a, an easy life. Um, but they were doing the Lord's will. They were following the Lord. Um, so it was the right thing. You know, it's... They weren't wrong doing that. And for us, too, life is, there's going to be challenges when we do um, trust in the Lord. And we are saved. We're saved for eternity. We, we get to have that, um, um, reunion, if you will, when we meet with the Lord in judgment of, well done, my good and faithful servant. And we get to have that eternal fellowship then of rejoicing and being able to cry out, Abba, Father, uh, holy, 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 aren't you? And just hallelujah. And we get to be, you know, in that fellowship of all believers at that point and in just in the, the presence of the Lord and Jesus at that time. So... Is the the hardship on earth that we'll run into worth it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and we have that hope we can look to. So um, 
I'm not going to take the, the whole hour that I had, but I just want to leave you with that, that question again of what do I have to do to be saved? And have you had that answered already? Um, have you put your trust in the Lord Jesus? And if you haven't, um, dig into it. Really think about it um, because it, it is worth it. So I just ask that you pray with me now. Heavenly Father, we just um, thank you for your word that you have provided us with this morning again, that we can study it. Um, Lord, we thank you for your, your Holy Spirit that works in our, our hearts and our minds, giving us the understanding, um, giving us the, the ability to respond to the, the words that you have given us here and Lord, I know um, just as we go in our own individual ways too, as we um, think and read and study and just have those quiet times that you are working in each and all of our hearts and our minds and that just ask that we would be sensitive to that, that leading of yours, that um, you would guide and direct us and that we, if we haven't already surrendered our lives to you, that we would um, do that so that we can have that hope of of everlasting life and just salvation through you, Lord. And Father, again, I, I just pray that the words that were spoken here this morning are yours, that if there was anything um, that was a, a misunderstanding on my end or... Um, not something that you wanted said, that they would fall on deaf ears and that your spirit would work um, in these people using your imperfect tool up here. And Lord, we just thank you again for this time. We thank you for these people that are here. We thank you for your word and we thank you for 